0: Hi, this is Julie Adams. You are listening to TV Confidential.
1: Hey, a little less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation is satisfaction in me. A little more fight and a little less spark. A little less fight and a little more spark. You close your mouth and open up your heart. And, baby, satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby.
0: Robertson with a reminder that Tenna Frederick will join us later on in this hour. Tenna is about to to start a a new stage production of The Rainmaker by N. Richard Nash. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Corey Cooper is with us for a little more conversation conversation about the life and times of Elvis Presley. Corey is one of the leading authorities on the life and career of the king of rock and roll, with a world of knowledge based on his deep roots to many of the people who were closest to Elvis Presley, including members of the Memphis Mafia, the close group of bodyguards, friends, and employees that worked with and protected Elvis throughout his life. If you have a question for Corey about Elvis, you can contact him directly by emailing Corey at elvisexpert at at Now, you've been an Elvis scholar for 35 years. There are still things about Elvis that you continue to learn there are urban legends that you've helped straighten out one way or another is there any one particular thing about elvis or the lore or the elvis lore that surprised you the most when you first found out about it
1: yes a few of the things were i mean i were some fantastic things that he did that went kind of unnoticed because he didn't want a lot of publicity for them and, and that was some of his charities and places and organizations that he donated money to and, and helped, you know, and he did this out of the, the goodness of his heart, as the old cliche would go, and, and he did this just to give back. And, you know, just in Memphis alone, he donated to like 51 different charities every year. And one of the biggest things that he did that I, that I didn't know and you never really hear about was that Elvis, uh, with Dr. Jonas Salk and the polio vaccine, Elvis was very instrumental in being one of the first celebrities to ever endorse medical research. And Elvis was also the first celebrity to be inoculated when the vaccine came out. And you never really hear about that. And I, I always I always found that very intriguing, that there wasn't a lot of publicity about that, and that's not a very well-known story.
0: Yeah, I certainly didn't know that.
1: <laughs> and, and, one, two, yeah, and another one was St. Jude's. Uh, with Danny Thomas, the main headquarters is there in Memphis, and Elvis, of course, used to donate to them as well. And Elvis actually donated a uh, yacht that was called—I think they used to call it the floating, the floating White House or something like that. It was it was FDR's uh, boat, and Elvis had bought this boat and then donated it for auction to St. Jude's to be auctioned off to raise money for them. And uh, and that was just some of the stuff he did. And of course, most people probably do know about. Uh, The USS Arizona Memorial in Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. and that uh, the the Park Service couldn't get enough money to get that memorial finished. And so Elvis went and did a concert over there and gave all the proceeds from his concert to the, the Parks Department so they could finish that memorial. And most people know about that one, but they don't know about some of the other stuff Elvis used to do. Another thing, too, Elvis was a big aficionado of law enforcement. And, uh, of a lot of people hear about over the, the years, you know, Elvis loved to collect badges, and he was honorary deputies and police officers in cities all across America. And Elvis also used to donate, you know, money for equipment, things like that. A police department needs, uh, you know, there was even a gym that was in, in Denver. It's, it's no longer a, a police officer a gym anymore, but. He donated money to get that built, so the, the officers had a place to work out and train. And uh, you know, Elvis did used to do a lot of stuff like this, and then a lot of people just don't realize that or know it because, unlike today, it seems like most celebrities want all the fanfare with that, and Elvis didn't.
0: Yeah, which goes back to one of the things we talked about earlier about um, how part of the appeal of Elvis uh, is that he was a celebrity. In a different time, a for lack of a better term, a kinder, gentler time. But but certainly um, these days, when a young actor gets their first break, they seem to spend as much time dealing with you know press junkets and sort of the publicity aspect of the industry as opposed to doing the work. Whereas you go back to uh, celebrities who came of age in Elvis's time. And, yes, there was a certain amount of publicity you had to do, but the focus, it seemed to me, was more on the work, whether it was acting or whether it was music or, as we said, Elvis did both. Yeah,
1: and Elvis. Yeah, and one thing with Elvis, too, he, he was doing both, but yet you never saw Elvis, you know, other than a few appearances in the, in the beginning of his career in the 50s. You didn't see Elvis on Merv Griffin, Mike Douglas, Johnny Carson. You, you didn't see Elvis on those shows. And uh, Which is very odd because you didn't see him on these shows to promote any upcoming project or album release or movie or anything like that. You didn't see him on these shows to promote himself. That was all all basically left up to his manager, Colonel Parker, to do. And, and Colonel Parker was under the, the the thought process that he didn't want Elvis to be on these shows because he wanted the fans to have that mystique of Elvis and always crave more Elvis and if he put Elvis on these shows then Elvis would be like every other celebrity that went on the shows to promote. So yeah. That's why you didn't see him on.
0: Yeah, my my understanding you mentioned Colonel Parker. My understanding is that um he, he had an interesting relationship with him and that he didn't agree with every decision Parker made for him, but he understood that Parker had his best interest in mind, so he he, sort of more or less went along because he trusted his judgment. Does that reflect your understanding? Well,
1: to a certain degree, I, I think that's true. Uh, Colonel Parker wasn't, you know, my own personal opinion, Colonel Parker to me did just as many things bad as he did good for Elvis, and he seemed that Colonel Parker liked to do whatever he did to promote himself mm-hmm. just as much as he did his client, and um, which I think led to a lot of... Uh, decisions that were really poor for Elvis, certainly in the last few years of his lifetime. And, uh, you know, I, I think Colonel Parker never, never modernized his thinking and therefore kept Elvis in the same rut of doing the same things for way too long while the rest of the world passed him by. And uh, so there's a lot of, you know, it's a very arguable manner when it comes to, to Colonel Parker with certain people. But uh, I just I'm not the biggest fan of Colonel Parker. And um, and I think that Elvis would have still been Elvis without Colonel Parker. Yeah, and and that's evident by the fact that Colonel Parker wasn't Elvis's first manager. You know, Colonel Parker came along after Elvis's career was already starting to take off. Now, of course, after Colonel Parker came around, I mean, Elvis's career just you know went to the stratosphere. But I think Elvis was already going to be in that path as it was. And uh, but but Colonel Parker uh, sometimes just did not make the greatest decisions.
0: Yeah, well, my, my, my understanding is that uh, certain members of his family felt the same way you did about Parker. I'm, I'm speaking specifically about his father, Vernon. Didn't always agree with them, you know, uh, You know, might even go so far as they didn't necessarily like him, but went along with them to a point because, again, the, the understanding was that, at least in theory, Parker had Elvis's best interest at heart.
1: Yeah, and and he should have, and maybe Parker did at some point early on. He he did, but I think you know he became too passive after a while. And Colonel Parker has so much history and such a backstory himself that uh, you know it when you know more about Parker, it really explains a lot of the of the ways that he managed Elvis's career. I mean, for one, Colonel Parker's name wasn't even Tom Parker. And he wasn't a U.S. citizen. You know, he was an illegal immigrant. <laughs> <That's> immigrant. So <laughs> no, his real name was and- Andreas Van Kuik. And so I mean, that's one reason why Elvis never toured outside the United States because Colonel Parker was an illegal alien and wouldn't be able to go. <laughs> you know? So I mean, you know, there's things like that. I mean, I think that really bungled up Elvis's career. Than he ever, you know, got to do a European tour or things like that. Which I think is one reason why now, all these years later, that, that Elvis is so huge in Europe is because of the fact he never got to go there. So I think, I think those Elvis fans in other countries so crave anything, Elvis, because of the fact he never got to go there.
0: Yeah, I know that, uh, among other places, Elvis is huge in Australia. Yeah,
1: in fact, yeah, he is. They, they have a huge Elvis event uh, in Australia every year that brings thousands of people way out in the desert to for a big uh, Elvis convention there there's even a there's even a, a, a female Elvis impersonator and they call her She is the King <laughs>
0: um,
1: that has a pretty darn good career going and she's she's from Sydney and uh and I I've known her for years and she's a neat lady and she does a really respectful different kind of show and if anybody's interested her website Sheistheking.com and she does a a very professional different approach to being an Elvis tribute artist. Or visit com for more information on how they can help you.